Hey folks and welcome to another episode of the Mountain Bikes Apart podcast. This is the show all about mountain bikes, everything from equipment to trail guides and everything in between. I'm Colin Gray and I'm joined as usual by Tom Bell. Hey Tom. Hi Colin, how's things? Good thanks, very good, very good. Uh, yeah, how's things with you? Everything well? Yeah, great thanks. Uh, just kind of um, getting back into the swing of things. I was out in uh, in Norway um, this last uh, last six days, so uh, just got back uh, in the early hours of, I guess, this morning. Okay. <laughs> so uh, just uh, just getting back into nor- the normal routine of things. <laughs> just all in a day's work, head to Norway and back. Yeah. <laughs> Why Norway? Uh, there was a race, uh, a race out there, a kind of event, kind of a bike festival, three day um, uh, event that I was uh, participating in. Um, so we went out and did that, and then stayed on um, for a few more days just to kind of see. We were we were fairly near Oslo, so okay. went to uh, went to see uh, the city as well as uh, the kind of um, riding and hiking and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. What kind of event was it? It was a it was a cross country event, but um, the 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 main kind of uh, cross country race was on the Saturday, mm-hmm. um, and that was preceded by a, a very short kind of six minute time trial, uh, off road time trial on the Friday evening, yeah. um, which kind of seeded seeded the cross country, um, and then there was a, a kind of a circuit circuit race on a slightly less technical but still off road course. Uh, on the Sunday, um, and then it was your accumulated time uh, over those three days that kind of uh, positioned you in the overall rankings. Oh, that's interesting. Is that a, is that a pretty common format, or is that something unusual for over there? No, it's it's pretty unusual. I've uh, I've never had to. Uh, I mean, you know, usually stage races add up to quite a few hours, and um, the I think at the end of the three days, the uh, you know the accumulated time was still <laughs> still less than a regular cross-country race really? um the cross-country yeah the cross-country race on the saturday even was uh i think my finishing time was something like one hour 15 so that was that was really short and mm-hmm. then obviously the other two stages were were very short the one on the sunday um about half an hour and then as i said the the one on the friday about five or six minutes so yeah, yeah. strange bit of a strange event and uh one that didn't didn't necessarily suit my strengths in terms of you know <laughs> raw power on the uh on the first day and i guess on the sunday right okay uh, well, so that's, bit- not, that's not what you think your strengths are then it's not. I'm quite. I, I'm. I, I sort of. I weigh fifty-seven kilograms, so I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm quite a lightweight. To, not. Not raw horsepower. Not got the big more, legs there. Exactly. It's more uh, the endurance and uh, when it gets really steep on the climbs that yeah. uh, I that I really favour. Yeah. So how did you do then? It sounds like you're uh, coming up to an excuse here, Tom. That you're way down the uh, the line. <laughs> that's, that's funny. You should say that, but. But uh, yeah, I had a. I mean, cross country is the uh, the event and the sport that I um, trained for. So yeah. I did okay. I I, uh, I had a fifth row start on the Saturday for the cross country because uh, I missed the call up, and uh, so I was supposed to be kind of second row and uh, ended up getting fifth because uh, I was late, <laughs> right. which was which was great. But uh, I managed to get twelfth twelfth in that one, which was oh, okay. Beat some of the Nash, uh, Netherlands national team, and there's okay. there's the Swedes and the uh, some some Danes and uh, and obviously some Norwegians there. So it's a fairly international field. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that that being my kind of usual discipline, I did okay in that that event. Mm-hmm. Um, on the on the time trial on the first day, I, just, I think I was twenty fourth, which was about mid mid pack. 
Um, so that wasn't wasn't spectacular. And then uh, and then I got taken out on the uh, oh, really? on the Sunday. Yeah, on in the uh, in the kind of short track uh, format. Um, so it went down pretty hard and lost a lot of time there. Yeah. Um, so I think I, I was seventeenth overall in the end, which was still. Uh, in the in the world ranking UCI points, which is yeah. kind of what I went for, um, okay. so it, it wasn't a total disaster. But yeah. I, I kind of, in terms of my expectations, I, I I think I underperformed a little bit. Right. Okay. Yeah. But you got a few points over. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I kind of got what I uh, what I went for. So yeah. it, it was fine. And I mean, the trails there are, are spectacular. I imagine. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're really. Um, they're usually kind of cross country ski trails in the in the winter. Okay. Um, and then the, in the summer, they're really really natural really rooty rocky trails that yeah. are um are just just brilliant so lots of fun um, it, even if the racing didn't quite go, go completely to plan yeah it's not it's not somewhere i generally think of as mountain biking country norway or even scandinavia but it must be there must be some great stuff out there um i mean presumably <laughs> you imagine a yeah. landscape being pretty mountainous and it's great walking country isn't it so yeah it must be some it's, good mountain yeah. biking yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it's a big ski place, um, big hiking place, and yeah. what's what's great about Norway, as I found out when I went there, is that the um, you, you don't kind of have the same footpath, bridle path um, structure that you do um, in in the UK or at least in England. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the mountain bikers can share just share the trails with all the walkers, so kind of any routes uh, up for grabs, really. Right, um, okay. So that. That, that's uh, that's nice because you can find lots and lots. There's, there's trails everywhere uh, yeah. in the mountains. Um, I, yeah. As I found out when I went exploring after the race, some of them are very steep and <laughs> hard enough to hike up. Never mind yeah. kind of ride up or down. But yeah. um, you can definitely find some some really really nice natural trails. Cool. Yeah, it'd be good to find out more about that. In fact, yeah. anyone listening, if you're if you're from Norway or Scandinavia or even you've just been out there and. Uh, have some experience of the trails out there. I'd love to hear from you. Send us in an email or a tweet or even a voicemail. If you go to mountainbikesapart.com, you'll find a contact form up there or you can just email me at colin at mountainbikesapart.com. Um, always great to get somebody on, like get another voice in the show and uh, talk about them. So yeah, I've had um, people writing articles certainly about their own trail areas. Love to get more of them on the site. So yeah, if anyone has any experience in that, get in touch. Uh, maybe we'll find out a bit more about Scandinavian mountain biking. Yeah. Right. Okay. To the topic. Yeah. So what are we talking about this week? This week we're talking about another part of the bike. So yeah, we've started to look into equipment, haven't we? We've started to look at different parts of your bike, how you set it up well so you can get the best out of the bike that you've got. Mm. Uh, we've covered the uh, handlebar. We've covered the front end, haven't we? We've covered like handlebar setup. Yeah, the cockpit stuff. setup. Yeah, yeah, the cockpit. And we're moving backwards. So we've got now two seat post and saddle, haven't we? That's the next thing we're going to cover. So this is the part that... Um, well, I suppose is this where is this where you? Uh, I was about to say this is probably where most people think they have most contact with a bike, but really they shouldn't. Be, should they? <laughs> <laughs> probably not. If you're uh, if you're spending quite a lot of time on the downhills, then yeah. uh, hopefully not. No. <laughs> yeah, but it is definitely it, it does play a big role in the handling of your bike as well, doesn't it? As well, as uh, you know, how comfortable it's going to be on that ride. So um, yeah, let's go through that then. I I mean, we we know that we've said already this is aimed at the beginner rider, but mm. hopefully, you know, if you're if you're out there listening, you're more established, you're a bit more knowledgeable about biking. Maybe we'll be able to give you some tips on how you can better set up your saddle or at least um, seat post and saddle as well to make it a bit more comfortable, a bit mm-hmm. more efficient for you. 
Okay, so what about the types of seat posts first? I mean, you've got, uh, going back 10 years, there's no question about this really, is there? It's just a seat post is a seat post. Exactly. But yeah. we've got a bit more variety now. So yeah, what, what are the different kinds you can go through, Tom? Yeah, so I think, it, it, especially in cross-country racing that, I, that I'm in, but also I think in, in enduro and regular trail riding we've seen more and more now that people are, are putting dropper seat posts um mm-hmm. onto their bike and like you said uh, a few a few years ago you just had a regular seat post but now you've kind of got um at least one more option yeah and um for, for those that don't know a dropper seat post is is essentially a seat post which can be lowered and um put back up again um usually by a lever um on the on the handlebar and um what it does is it kind of gets the saddle um, out of the way and uh, puts your center of gravity a bit lower and kind of makes um, a, a bike which may be more uh, designed for climbing. It makes it uh, better designed for when you start going down the trail. Yeah. So I've wanted one of these for ages. I've been looking into dropper seat posts and they're not cheap, are they? I mean, you're talking somewhere in the 100 to 200 at least. You are. Kind of yeah, price. exactly. And there's lots of different kinds, isn't there? I mean, you get, um, you get auto ones as well as kind of... Uh, um, you know, manual up and down. So I suppose, should we go through the differences? Um, yeah, first, first off, in terms of how you activate it, like you say, some of them you get a lever on the handlebars, cable through to the uh, the dropper. Some yeah. of them you actually get a little lever underneath the nose, don't you? So you can just reach around, push that lever and put it up and down. That's it. Um, and I mean, this is, the purpose of this is so you can adjust it without having to stop, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. It's uh, it's it's just to make it. It's almost like lockout with the uh, with the suspension, yeah. just um, making it as easy as easy as possible to uh, to get that kind of saddle out of the way. Yeah. Um, and like you said, there's um, there's often a lever on the on the handlebar, and that might be kind of cable actuated or um, sometimes hydraulic. Some of the I think the I think the Rockshocks um, reverb seat posts mm-hmm. uh, offer a hydraulic. Uh, option there and then there there were some earlier on that that like you said had a lever kind of under the under the nose of the saddle um and i'm pretty sure now they're they're demoing um or or there might even be a production model of of a wireless uh drop post um following on from the uh the kind of wireless uh gears that we've uh, seen on the road Yeah. yeah so that that's uh that's quite an interesting development i think uh, on on a a sort of component on the bike which in the past was quite kind of kind of boring and uh you know not much to play with yeah definitely yeah i mean for for your average rider it's not it doesn't take much to get to the top of a hill and then you know get off your bike adjust your seat post does it Mm -hmm. but i think it's when you're on when you're on sort of very varied trails when there's a lot of up and down and you're you're getting on and off every blooming five minutes because yeah. suddenly you're on a climb you want your seat up for the climb because that gets your uh, you know efficiency saves the legs you don't have to stand up quite so much but mm-hmm. then put it down out of the way so that you can get back over the saddle when you get over your drops and your jumps yeah. and stuff like that so yeah it's not something i've tried yet but definitely something i really want i'd love to get one mm-hmm. um have you do you use one in your races or is that just adding a bit too much weight no, I, I'm actually. Um, I actually really want to to get one and, and try one. Um, there's a, there's a few guys, uh, especially in the World Cup scene, like uh, Julian Absalon, who, who have started using them um, quite a lot. And I do, I definitely do find that sometimes the the seat post is, is in the way a little bit as courses become kind of more technical and yeah. uh, and uh, more more tricky. Um, and then obviously for training as well, it'd be nice to 
uh, when using a kind of uh, fairly cross-country orientated bike to be able to make it into into more of a, a bike that's better on the downhill. So yeah. I'll, I'm sure I'll definitely be trying one uh, in, the, in the near future. <laughs> I presume on a race you'll have it up at kind of the maximum height that you would you wouldn't stop and like put it down at any point or how do you think about saddle height when you're racing i I, to be honest i obviously it's usually just set um for whatever um is best for the climbs and then you kind of just get yeah yeah it's it's climb a height and then um you've obviously got with with dropper seat posts there's a, a a difference you can get different models that that drop a certain a certain amount some of them are, are just a little bit some are a bit more um so that's something i think i'll i'll have to uh to trial you know uh, get get used to and uh, yeah. see what works yeah cool all right i'd well i'd like yeah i mean i've been looking at a few different models just uh, yeah just about getting one uh, affordable enough to get so yeah <laughs> sometime soon <laughs> sometime soon yeah i think it'd be good to have a catch-up and uh, discuss how we're getting on with yeah, our, yeah. our new dropper posts give it a few months and find out yeah exactly um, is it worth is it there's i was about to, i was just thinking the only other difference i've seen in seat posts is that you do get some uh, lean back posts i'm not sure even what the technical term for that would be but i know some of the um the posts i've seen you know you get ones that are direct straight up and down and some yeah. that actually hang back a little bit and i guess the only the advantage there is that you give yourself a bit more room in the in the mm-hmm. cockpit don't you you can put your saddle even further back um yeah I mean, that's it yeah there's not really much more to say about that i suppose but that I, sorry go on I think it's usually, uh, it, I think it depends how you kind of frame fits you, whether some, you know, some people kind yeah. of run a slightly larger frame because they, you know, they like uh, what, whatever that gives them and some people a bit more compact. So if you've got a kind of uh, compact frame that gives you a, a, some advantages in um, in a certain way, then maybe yeah. to to kind of offset the how kind of short the top tube might be or something like that, you yeah. might use a, a layback seat post. Yeah, yeah cool. But that leads us into saddles. <laughs> so what goes on top of the seat post? Mm. Uh, that's the saddle. So, uh, okay, what about the material they're made from first, like in terms of, um, I mean, the big one for me, carbon versus plastic. How yeah. do you, uh, what do you think about that? I think uh, usually it comes down to kind of weight um, and, and that's, uh, and I guess, uh, you know, security and rigidity um, because I don't think anyone really notices when there's a, a difference in material there other yeah. than just trying to light, lighten the bike up, really. Yeah. Um, I would say, I mean, carbon carbon sometimes gets a bad name and, and people think it's kind of really flimsy, but in, in a kind of torsional way, you know, when, it, when it's bending and flexing, that kind of thing, it's really, really strong. It's obviously when it takes a direct impact, like a big you know, rock if you have a big off, um, where it's it's... Uh, comparatively weak compared to uh, i guess a plastic uh, plastic shell in this case or or uh, aluminium when you're talking about frames so yeah. um I, I think generally the, the the saddle is quite out of the way so in in, in using a shell i think uh, a carbon a carbon shell is definitely uh, definitely fine you tend to find them obviously on the the more expensive models as compared to to uh, to plastic yeah yeah what about moving on to the rails then? Have you ever used carbon rails? Do you get? I don't even know if you get that. Do you? Yeah, you, yeah. You I've do? got. Um, I've got. You do. I've got a carbon railed one on my okay. uh, mountain bike race bike. Actually, okay. um, it's the the Physique Physique Antares uh-huh. um, version. 
and uh yeah it's it's principally a road saddle i think and uh i definitely wouldn't recommend it for a uh, kind of heavy landings and uh <laughs> well, throwing that, the that bike d- around too much yeah that just makes me feel uh slightly yeah <laughs> weary yeah, jumping around <laughs> yeah. and falling onto yeah a carbon railed seat that's Not it sure yeah about that. <laughs> yeah but yeah no i, I suppose I, it's one of these things like you talk about saving weight you get the guys at the trail that are cutting off like 50 grams at a time mm. and, and you see they're uh, you know they're carrying like 500 grams on their belly and <laughs> exactly so, i mean how much does that i wonder how much the difference in weight is between you know an aluminium set of rails and a carbon set of rails yeah i don't i like don't 10 grams <laughs> exactly i don't think it's much at all and it's uh it comes down to whether you uh want to risk kind of of breaking something mid-ride and yeah. potentially ruining a, a ride or a race um, to save, like you say, a, a fairly uh, marginal uh, amount of weight. Yeah, um, yeah. What saddle is it that you use, Colin? I've gone through a few different saddles. Recently, the most recent one I'm on these days is Cell Italia. Um, mm-hmm. Couldn't tell you the model, I have to admit, but um, I used to always be specialised, and I have to admit, I used to uh, take comfort over size and weight by uh, mm-hmm. a long shot. I used to have yeah. um, one of those old um, specialised, what do they call them again, geometry saddles. Yeah, the quite, body geometry. Body ones. geometry saddles, yeah. right. Quite a wide one, um, pretty standard, you know, like the 30, 40 quid model, mm-hmm. uh, and they were just comfy as anything, like tons yeah. of padding on there, quite wide. They're good for just long day rides, basically. Um, but I spotted when I was building up the bike before the one I've got now, so the last bike that I built, mm-hmm. I was on a uh, chain reaction, I think it was, and I spotted this Cell Italia seat, um, saddle that was on half price, down from about 100 quid, and it was, just looked so sexy. <laughs> um, and it was light as well, a lot lighter than the body geometry one. So I got hold of that, and, and it's great, actually. It took me a wee while to get used to. One of those things when you've had a bit of padding and you cut down to a more minimal saddle does hurt your ass a lot for a little while. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes uh, the saddles can can look uh, look perfect for you and, and look really comfortable, but definitely in those first few days when you when you uh, get a new one, it can be can be pretty painful. <laughs> I guess it's like anything else, you know. If you put uh, some get some new shoes or something like that, it's often the same kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. But I like it. I like it. I'm sticking with it. It's um, I'm definitely used to it now, and it's a lot more. I have noticed actually, and it was it was around the time when I felt like I was getting, I was kind of moving from intermediate towards being a bit more advanced in terms of my downhilling um, mm-hmm. and skills and stuff so I, I i started to notice actually being able to get over the back of the saddle and you know being able to move around a lot more and that sort of going narrower in terms of shape did make a difference to yeah. me actually interesting uh, yeah, yeah so it was it's certainly something to think about i don't i don't think it makes such a difference that you know everyone has to jump to a narrow mm-hmm. saddle and all that. Yeah. but certainly once you're once you're doing some technical stuff and having to move about the bike a lot more i think it does it does help so yeah yeah, yeah. i think i think the funny thing about saddles as well just moving on to kind of um whether people want kind of more or less padding is generally the the kind of maybe naive thought is that the the more padded the saddle looks the more comfortable it is yeah and um like you've just said there's there's differences in kind of the width of the saddle and just just the general shape is i think the most important thing um i found because i've had uh, i used to use a specialized saddle which was a a really out and out road saddle that was just you know crazy lightweight and just absolutely zero padding but it was it was oftentimes a lot more comfortable than the uh the saddles that i used that kind of had lots and lots more padding and uh 
Um, I think it just comes down to the shape and how it fits you. Yeah, yeah, it's very personal, isn't it? Once you find one that fits you, you probably mm. stick with it forever. Um, and there's the the whole thing about the nose as well. Like when you're climbing really steep hills, obviously yeah. you're kind of perching yeah. forward onto the nose, and uh, obviously that's quite a small bit of uh, surface to be putting <laughs> a fair bit of your well, fair bit of your weight. You're putting most of your weight in the pedals, but still a fair bit on there too. It is. Um, it's quite a sensitive area yeah. as well. So it, yeah, you you can you see on some of the uh, more trail orientated cells, they've actually got even more padding in that kind of nose area for yeah. for exactly that. So when you when you're climbing and getting getting right on the front of the saddle, it's it's still relatively comfortable. Yeah, it's one of those places as well. I've seen companies, bike companies, using quite. Uh, Maybe not manipulative, but certainly quite brutal marketing in terms of, right, this saddle has a bit cut out down the middle, uh, because if you don't have that, then it'll make you impotent. (laughs) it's it's probably possibly probably not true but as soon as you see that in a saddle it's like oh i have to buy that just in case you know the one percent (laughs) one (laughs) percent chance it's true so i've got to buy that product exactly (laughs) hedging new bets (laughs) exactly um have you ever used one of those saddles that doesn't have a nose on it i've seen them they're just like the back section uh, I can't. I can't say I have. I know no. which ones you're talking about. Yeah. Um, they look really, really bizarre. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm not. I think are they usually used for sort of triathlon or, t- or time trials? I think they're like ultimate weight saving. Yeah, it's oh, like okay. probably yeah, if you're going like maybe there's no up or down because you never need to go back or forward yeah. in the saddle and it's yeah. like just time trial makes sense, doesn't it? Because yeah, you're just like an hour along a known track, so you know it's going to be flat and yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah that's just maybe saving another 30 grams or whatever (laughs) probably yeah that sounds a bit of a step too far yeah (laughs) okay so we've chosen our saddle we know what type we're going to get what about positioning then so that's um probably next step once you bought it how are you going to put it on your bike yeah Uh, the bit that always foxes me i'm never sure whether i'm doing it right i basically just go with comfort and i tend to be I tend to go more for comfort than for, you know, race position. Mm-hmm. And that's like forward and backwards, a fore and yeah. aft. Yeah. Um, is there a kind of rule of thumb around that, like when you're thinking about race position? Uh, I'm not I'm not entirely sure. I guess it comes down to, again, like I said, just how, it, how the bike kind of fits you. And then um, I think a lot of people, including me, kind of go about it the same way that, that you just described in terms of just trial and error and just kind of moving stuff around until, yeah. it, uh, until it suits. I mean, there's even at the very top of just going back to the kind of racing uh, side of things again that that I'm kind of familiar with there's a a big variety in uh, saddle positions Um, in the the show notes I can put an image of um, the Olympic champion Yaroslav Kulhavi he's he's well known for having an an absolutely insane saddle position where the saddle is almost at kind of a 30 degree tilt with the Mm. nose down it looks insane and it's kind of been uh talked about quite a lot on the internet um and then you've obviously got people who are competitive with him at the very top that have a kind of regular regular position and have the saddles uh fore and aft in different positions so i really think it comes down to just finding what works best for you yeah yeah just i always just when i've got first fit a bike i just get my have my hex keys to hand you know you've got your multi-tool in your pocket and just as you're riding around, just yeah. move, it, move it a few mils back, a few mils forward, see how it feels, see how comfortable you are. 
Um, and it'll probably take you a few climbs and descents before you can figure it out as well, won't it? It will definitely. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a funny one because you, you sometimes, I mean, often you feel that it's right or wrong. Um, very quickly you'll feel like you're kind of slipping off the back of the saddle or slipping yeah. off the front or whatever. So. Yeah. <laughs> like you say, it's just a case of fine tuning them with the Allen keys, and yeah, that's a good yeah. way to do it. Definitely, just take takes them out on the on that first ride, and then just have a kind of tinkering ride. Yeah, exactly. Get stuff sorted. Yeah. In terms of the angle, I've actually always just tried to make it entirely level. Like I've put a spirit level on it before. Yeah, um, no, that, I think that's a good. Here. I think that's a good way to do it, actually, yeah. to, especially to establish a baseline. Yeah, and I think quite a few people do that with the spirit level as well. It's a good way to do it. Yeah, yeah. I suppose if you're doing a lot of one particular type, so like if you're doing a lot of downhill, you might be angling it possibly a wee bit up or up at the mm-hmm. nose, say. Or if you're more of a um, a climber, you just want ultimate power in the climbs. You might be going down or whatever. But yeah, yeah I, I like to say better personal. Um, personal taste so definitely uh, what about the height then like this is uh, this is another one you want uh, i've been in for bike fitting before and it's interesting mm-hmm. when you watch them like figure out exactly um where you should be and i i've always heard the rule of thumb that you sit on your bike uh bum in the back of the seat obviously yeah. and uh basically straighten your leg so that your heel hits the pedal just mm. is that is that complete urban legend have you heard that before no I've, I've definitely heard that and i think that's the that's the most common rule of thumb that you see around definitely is just yeah put you usually they say you should be able to pedal backwards with your heel right uh, on the bottom of the you know on, on, with the heel on the pedal yeah. and um you should have a slight bend in your knee i think um, at the bottom of the pedal stroke so right. that then when you're kind of clipped in or or you've just got your foot in a regular position on a flat pedal you've got a slightly uh, a slight greater bend in the leg but i think that generally uh, as a as a general rule of thumb sorts stuff out yeah yeah do you do you, does it change do you think at all with racing uh, sort of set up or anything or is it do you just do it the same whether you're out for a leisurely ride or a race I, I personally, I think I, I just keep it, keep it similar. Um, some people have, a, just prefer a slightly lower, uh, a lower saddle just with more bend in the leg. Yeah. Um, and I, again, it, it probably all comes down to, um, just how, it, how it feels and or whether something feels right or wrong. Yeah. Um, obviously bike, bike fits and that kind of thing are great for, for when you're first buying a bike or if you want to kind of optimize things, yeah. um, because sometimes you can kind of establish a baseline yourself, but as as you said, you know you're not sure whether it's uh, whether you you're way off the mark or, yeah, exactly. or, or fairly close. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think on a it depends on my tra- the trail I'm on as well. Actually, how I set mm-hmm. it. Like if I'm on, um, say, Glen Tress. So Glen Tress is a big up and in a down. Basically, yeah. there's there's not much in the way of kind of undulating stuff. So on that one, I'll put my saddle as high as I need it for the climb, like proper climb position mm. uh, for the way up, and then I'll have it right down for the way down because you can basically just not be on the saddle at all yeah. in the descent yeah. for a good five, ten, even fifteen minutes or whatever. Um, but then if you go into say Karochtri, uh, which is basically just a big undulating, flowy trail, <laughs> there's not yeah. much in the way of big ups, big downs. I'll have it maybe down an inch because it's yeah you want to. Be to get it out of the way but you also want to be able to pedal at a moment's notice so yeah it's interesting to think whether a, a dropper post um would be more suited in that case to something like glentress where you kind of have it exactly where you want um for the for the climbs then you can just pop it down when you need to go down or whether it's actually better for something like cure of tree which is you know flatter so yeah. you might not think about you might not think a, a 
a dropper post would be that useful where actually when you're kind of popping it up and down for short climbs and shorter relatively shorter descents it might be a that might be the way to go yeah i think it's places like karotri that always makes me think i want one i have to admit yeah, yeah. <laughs> just going up and down all the time but yeah cool all right i hope that gives people a good idea of um how they should be setting it up and where that saddle should be sitting so mm. but yeah again it's going to be a bit of a personal choice um and uh yeah it's probably good to know even that there's just there's no like completely solid rule if you maybe that's a good place to start the whole heel rule straight leg heel in the pedal yeah, yeah. and then uh, you know just up and down based on that um and there's even there's you know i had to i had my saddle a good maybe half an inch to an inch lower than normal for about a year or so because mm-hmm. I'd hurt my knee. So I, I had um, uh, an IT band issue, iliotibial band issue, where yeah. uh, one of the solutions to that is actually to lower your saddle. So you just mm-hmm. put your saddle down a little bit. Um, and I was reading, I remember reading at the time that it is one of the few injuries out there whereby you can get a bit of relief or it helps it by putting your saddle up and st- uh, sorry down instead of up so it turned out that most of those kind of issues actually you put your saddle up a little bit and it helps so yeah it might even be down to your condition at the time yeah definitely actually that's a, that's an interesting point is uh, with, with you know talking about injuries and kind of saddle height um, i think they usually say that it, you know a lower saddle puts more um, stress on the front of the knee um, just because you're kind of cranking it a little bit more when it's uh, when it's lower down and then okay. if you if your saddle's too high it tends to affect the kind of back of your knee so yeah uh, or on the outside like the IT band and uh, and some of the kind of hamstring stuff uh, around the back and lower lower down to the knee so yeah that's definitely a consideration to um, to try and get it get something uh, feeling right and not push through something that feels a bit iffy yeah because um, you definitely don't want to, to get to be getting some of those injuries knee Indeed. knee injuries are never fun yeah they hang around for ages don't they, they do they Take do a long time to get it off okay cool i think that's better so it's covered saddles hope that gives everyone a good idea um i think it'd be great to get uh people's questions on this stuff like we're going through the setup of the bike right now we're figuring out how you put your bike together you can get the most out of the equipment you've got so if you're out there listening you've got a question about anything we've covered so far saddles uh, you know cockpit any equipment on the bike even the ones that are upcoming so we're going to be getting on to things like wheels and uh, drivetrain and brakes and frames and all that kind of stuff if you have any questions about any of that stuff then send it on in uh, i gave the email at the start of the show but contact details again email in at colin at the at bleh, let's start that again colin at mountainbikesapart.com you can tweet me at colin mc gray you can tweet call uh sorry tom it's to calling you my name you can tweet tom <laughs> at uh what is that again by that's tom by, bell by tom bell that's by right tom bell uh, and even better you could send us in a voicemail as well if you have the capa- uh, capacity to do it uh, record your voice on your phone and uh, send us that question by voice uh, just get out your voice recorder you know do the wee talk into the phone record it and then email it to us on uh, colin at mountainbikespart.com because it'd be great to get some more voices on here so Definitely. we could get some voicemails on <laughs> so yeah that's your action for this week send us that in let us know what you think cool well good speaking to you again tom yeah, thanks, Colin. That was a fun discussion of saddles and uh, the, <laughs> how technical they can actually be. Indeed, more to them than you'd think. More than just sitting on them. There is. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Great. Well, okay. Uh, thanks again for listening and uh, I'll talk to you next week, Tom. Thanks, Colin. See you later. <laughs>